Hello, welcome to Parents Evening Podcast with me, Sophie, and my parents, Joe and Matt. Hello. Hello. What have you been up to this week? Not an awful lot this week, actually. I had a very lovely chat with my HRT consultant, which went well, on the telephone, so that was good. I did my usual Monday morning journaling session with a great bunch of people online. Who what? Journaling. Journaling is different things to different people. For me, it always used to be a notebook that I would write in, not every day, at the end of the day, if I had things on my mind, I would do a brain dump and write them down so that I could deal with them at a later date in the hope that I would get a good night's sleep. Haven't had a good night's sleep and I assume many, many people are the same at the moment. But then these sessions came along and I've actually found a way to look at things positively, make a note when somebody's kind to you and that could just be somebody bringing you a cup of coffee tick yeah Yeah. cooking your meals tick yeah so it's looking at the positives in every day as well as being able to dump down the negatives so it's not a diary a diary is more on this day this happened it's more about your feelings and things that you've noticed. So sometimes- I didn't really know there was a difference between diary and journal. I thought people just called it different things. Some people do. Your nan, she used to keep what she called diaries and she would, at the end of every day, she would write down what she had done that day, who she had seen, what she'd watched on the telly. So it's a the minute, min, minute, minute thing. Yes, that word. <laughs> of her day. Mine isn't like that. Mine's just random thoughts and and sometimes just you go through all, all the senses and you note down, you know, what you can see out the window or then the next day you're going to look through a different window for a different view. What you can smell, what you can taste. When I was doing CBT, they said do five, four, three, two, one. Mm. So like five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can smell, two things you can feel, one thing you can taste or whatever. Mm. But I can't smell, so I'm gonna have to put that as one. <laughs> So now I have to come up with like three things I can taste or feel. <laughs> but no, so I enjoy doing that. And as I say, it's made my mind clearer, I suppose. I thought you were doing a writing course. I'm doing that as well. I do lots of writing courses and I have got an idea for a piece of writing that I want to do. At the moment, I'm doing lots of research into it, so that's good. But I need to get into the pattern and I've signed up for another Writer's HQ course and it's couched 5k words because it's getting into the routine of having a certain time of each day where you give yourself permission to go and write. And I've got time. I've just got to get into the habit. So this is every day during February, they will send you an email with okay today just five minutes writing then the next day increase it to 10 and then you just you make that time yours to go and do writing and then also last Monday Marion Keys the absolutely wonderful wonderful Marion Keys has started she's got four weeks going on where it's on a Monday night on her Instagram account where she takes you through writing a novel I don't function very well in the evenings I'm better during the day I watched it back on her YouTube page. So I did that on Tuesday. So that was, oh no, that was Wednesday. So I did Monday, I did some writing. Tuesday, the same time that I would do my journaling course, I went up, I watched that, but then I haven't picked up a pencil. But it's weird, because I know you're the one who does all the courses, but a lot of writers, after they've done stuff and have talked about how they wrote the book and everything, they're like, just write. If you've got a story, write. Yes. Not, oh, I'm going to do this hour and that half. Like, you just go, I've got an afternoon, I'll write. Oh, I've got a spare half an hour. 
hour. All right. Oh, I've got this bit of time. All right. Yes. And I was re-listening re to the Lin-Manuel episode of um, Dad Rep Porno, and he was saying that he can easily become very superstitious. So when he's writing songs, he tries not to do that, to do it as like a certain time in a certain place where he writes, because otherwise he'll be like, well, I'm not in that place. I can't do it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, interesting about him this week. He was interviewed on another podcast that I listened to. It was mm. about 18 months old. And he was saying that he doesn't do Twitter at weekends. Made a conscious decision to not do Twitter at weekends. Mm. And he said he doesn't just not do it. He deletes the app every Friday night. <laughs> He deletes the Twitter app and Facebook, and then every Monday morning he reinstalls them so that he can't do them. I mean, you can, you can just... Well, yeah, but it's a lot more hassle. That's but, like... Um, but it just seems a bit more extreme. Yeah, there was a teacher at school who, when we were all... It was in sixth form, so when we all started learning to drive and he was talking about phones being um, really distracting and cars and stuff, he was like, oh, one of my friends, he turns off his phone and puts it in his boots so he can't be distracted. Should we just put it in your pocket or put it in your bag? Yeah, once it's off. Or even turn it off. Yeah, like that seems really extreme to not be distracted of your phone while you're driving a car. But it's in the boot, so I can't be distracted Oh, they now. must have really, really shit willpower. Yeah. It'll be like, oh, well, I'll just pull over for five minutes and turn it on or something. Yeah. It's like, Even if just it's drive off, to where I'll you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. But yeah, it seemed really extreme when it was said. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'll just put it in my handbag yeah. or in the glove box and carry on driving. <laughs> But that reminds me of something that was discussed in the journaling session last week. They refer to it as digital amputation. So you remove your social media and then you're not doom scrolling as well because they said most of the news at the moment is bad news. So if you delete the apps then... But then we did say is digital amputation actually the removal of a finger rather than the removal of an app but yeah. at work someone else said to some of the kids that she'd heard an idea for kids to try and stop them being on their phones as much is you make like a little phone bed and you, ha you give it a bedtime and once it's bedtime you don't go on it you put right. your phone to bed right you tuck it in and you leave it till the morning so we all were like cool let's all make beds yeah <laughs> so like in the next week we're gonna all show each other our beds that we've made and then someone else already showed us a picture of hers. We're like, I'm out. That's way too good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a little four-poster with, like, little pom-pom things, like, dangling down. We're like, great. <laughs> she the art teacher. Oh, the funniest thing that's happened, happened today. So today, we do this on a Saturday early evening. Spoiler alert. Saturdays, <laughs> I take it in turns with my parents to phone and have a catch-up for the week. And I phoned last week. And it's always, gen well, yeah, generally, one o'clock. And we got generally. To I could time yeah. everything by it. Yeah. Generally, it's exactly. It's yeah. exactly one o'clock. They, they sit there at twelve fifty nine. They put in the number. They wait for it to switch to one o'clock, and they call. This is very or true. Or you call. Yeah. Uh, I did turn that round a little bit on Boxing Day because I think I didn't know what time they were going to be eating on Boxing Day. So <laughs> rather than them be in the middle of cooking or eating, I thought, oh no, about eleven o'clock off bone. So that threw them. To yeah. Actually. Didn't they ring really early a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Really early. Ten to one. No. No. There was like there was 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock. I heard the phone going out a few yes. weeks ago. I heard. Mm. Yeah. So today I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the phone to ring and it was 10 past one and it hadn't. And I thought, I'm pretty sure I phoned them last week. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure you did as well. I said, right, well, I'm going to have to phone them just to make sure that everything's okay. Phoned, scared the living daylights out of my mother who was uh, doing her crossword puzzle. Woke my father up and she said, oh my God, it's Saturday. It's my turn to phone. I didn't know it was Saturday. They had no idea what day it was. Happens to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But now my dad needs to get back into the pattern. What day did they think it was? They 
Not a clue. Not a clue. I don't they have certain pack like they have fish and chips on a Friday or whatever. Yeah, I don't. They had fish and chips thinking it was Friday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that they're, they're that routined at the moment. And they're both going up the wall because their age is not going out anywhere. But yeah, they just. Granddad had been watching the cricket this morning. It had got to the stage where Bad lighted the stop play, so he started to do something on his iPad and then apparently fell asleep. So Gran just picked up her newspaper and was doing her puzzle. Totally oblivious to what day it was. Oh, there you go. What about you then, Dad? What have you been up to this week? What a massive amount, really. Laid some wooden floor. Oh, yeah, laid a wooden floor in a coat cupboard. Didn't you do that last week? Yeah, it was this week. Pretty sure if I listened to last week, you said that last week. That's just how exciting it is. Because you said, oh, I've got a bit of work to do around the house again. And I went, yeah, the boring stuff, so you can do it. Yeah, I don't think I'd done it then. I thought I was about to do it. Okay. Well, you've done it now. I've done it now. the cupboard in the kitchen as well. Yeah, the boring jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relines the kitchen cupboard, alcove cupboard because it was getting damp, massively exciting stuff and that's done. Oh, you, were, you did something quite exciting today. Well, yeah, did I? <laughs> you did something interesting today. <laughs> well, yeah, whether it will remain interesting in the days to come is another matter. Yeah, I decided to go for a jog, which I don't think... And when, when was the last time you went for a jog? Well, no, I don't okay, actually Okay, when think... was the last time you jogged? <laughs> And so, for whatever reason, discussing this before I went out, so I don't think I've ever been out for a jog. You've never just been like, okay, I'm going to start running or whatever. No. Never. No, because I'm not an actual runner. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I used to run at school. I used to do fifteen hundred, but then I had asked myself. Because you're insane. Last. Yeah. Do the sprints. No, do the hundred, two hundred. I could run fast. Never run fast, but I could keep going for a while. Oh man, I remember doing cross cross country at school and like getting a stitch first corner because I just wanted to leg it. No, not because I wanted. Good. Well, I was gonna say not because I wanted it over with. Probably because I wanted it over with. But I'm, I just enjoy like right three, two, one. Just go for it. Yeah, and then you're done. It's never sprint. But then I'm not much of a runner either. So you're yeah. streamlined and. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> Should have watched you out the window as you went. <laughs> yeah, you could have done. Looked like a right track, probably. But no, I did. Well, the distance I travelled was two miles. I didn't jog all of that. I was doing bits of jogging and walking. So and... you did. You gonna start doing catch to five k. No, you said about that, didn't yeah. you? So you can both do it at the same time, yeah. so you get to 5k <laughs> first. <laughs> no, because I think that's going to sound weird, but it's going to be too little bits for me. I think you can kind of change the pace a bit. Uh, from what I've heard, it's literally like a few seconds running and then walking and a few seconds running. At the start? Yeah, but I'm, I was doing more than then that. Then skip to the, like, yeah. the bit you can do and then go from there. So I've you kind of yourself. dived in because I want to know if I can go running. Mm-hmm. Because of my dodgy back over the years, I want to know... So are you gearing if it's, up if it's to triathlons? <laughs> I did wonder about that. Essentially, I'm doing it because I'm trying to improve my cardio because that's what's letting me down when I'm cycling. Yeah. And I'm hoping that running is going to improve that. Good start, yeah. If I can go running a couple of times a week, plus cycling, I love it, but it's so bloody weather dependent. So you need running a isn't as much. stand so you can put your bike inside. Yeah, I looked into it. No, not the like actual stand bikes. A stand for your bike, and then you can do it inside. Oh, yeah, shed. There, yeah, there are some. I looked at one, I looked at one, it's so funny. It's like rollers, like your car goes on when it's in yeah. the garage. They're not mechanized, they are they're just free wheeling runners. And they said it's tricky to get used to it. All the advice is to get used to it to start with, it's tricky. And I imagine that's a bloody nightmare. Yeah, because how would you start? Yeah, and a slight thing of the handlebars, you go, <laughs> you're over the place. Just don't touch them, <laughs> hold on to the walls. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things said, if you when you start, start near something you can hold on to yeah. to keep yourself upright. I mean, clipping your feet in as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine going down to the shed. We haven't seen Dad for a while, and you're just like slumped up against uh, yeah. <laughs> up against a wall with your shoes stuck in, just like cocking off. 
But no, I did look into that. But regardless of not being able to go out and bike, I still need to improve my cardio, and I think running is going to be good. But that's still weather dependent. Would you really go out if it was pissing it down? I'd go out more in the wet running than I would cycling. Yeah. Weird. Doesn't getting wet doesn't bother me. Just don't like running. Being on the mic, being on the bike, and slipping on wet tarmac does. Mm. Especially on a hill. Yeah. And visibility of cars. Yeah, running down the pathways around here. Half the time you're under trees. But yeah, it doesn't bother me getting wet. I'm getting sweaty and wet So anyway. where did you go? Did you literally just go along that path that way and then come back? No, I went went down that way. First, <laughs> doesn't mean a lot to some people, but I managed my first bit of running. Out the gate, down the hill. Did you run from the gate? Pretty did much, yeah. From the, start, from the start of the front of the car, I set everything running. <laughs> down, down, yeah, down the hill, along the road, till I got to the footbridge. Yeah. And that was my first stop point. <laughs> to check if there was anyone there. <laughs> and to walk across the bridge. <laughs> was that like two minutes a minute yeah something like that but i did better once i crossed over because i thought it could be iffy running across the bridge anyway yeah. um but yeah then i went the other way and that little path that goes up to the main road mm-hmm. about halfway along and then along the main road to the new housing estate where the big pond is where they've been building that weird oh pond yeah, yeah. Thing. went round that and then came back along the woodland park cool. just over two miles in 23 minutes Bad. i suppose i'm not quite sure it's better than i thought it was going to well, be well when i did the first race for life yeah that's what 5k so three miles that was like 31 minutes or something right and that was pretty good yeah so so another 10 minute 10 minutes per mile yeah oh so it was about about 11 minutes it said it worked out when i got back mm. just over 11 minutes a mile for the which, first time you've ever run yeah i wasn't it's not bad yeah i wasn't too disappointed with that this is when we find out you supposed to do it in six minutes or something well i mean i said to you jokingly when yeah. i came back i said i mean famously roger banister was a big thing about beating the four minute mile mm. back in the 50s so i said i'm three times slower than that <laughs> At the moment. The first time you yeah. ever ran with a dodgy but, back yeah, with um, asthma. I was reasonably pleased. I did it. I didn't collapse. And you want to go again, which is a good thing. Yeah. Back doesn't hurt. Yeah. Calves do. They're really starting to feel it going up and down the stairs. And I was surprised that because I still use my calves. I was going to say, those and those hills we walked up in yeah. the first lockdown I know. were insane. And, and you I'm were just like running up those. I'm still doing loads of hills, but it's my calves that are feeling it. Whether it's not my calves, whether it's my shins from impact. Possibly. Rather mm-hmm. than calves. But it's down there that it's hurting at the moment. <laughs> That bit of my leg. Yeah. <laughs> the angry bit on the end. Below the knee. <laughs> Generally below but the if knee. if you do continue with it, you do need to get some proper trainers. Yes, I mean, probably. What did you go in? Slippers? <laughs> no, just my trainers that I go walking in. They're just, just empty. Oh, the ones that were leaking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still got holes in them and everything. Yeah. But that's right. I was carrying my phone, which felt weird. You need a whole vest thing like that woman had. <laughs> I've actually seen them advertised since then. I don't know what they are. The phone goes there and it yeah. just folds down so you can look at it while you're running. Still, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Just get one of those arm things. Yeah. Or an actual proper trousers with pocket, with yeah. deep pocket. Well, I mean, that's weird. That was weird as well. What? Because of warmer cycling trousers. With your padded bum? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's all I've got. So you look like a baboon with a big red bum. Yeah, I did think half a round. I thought, what do people think of me looking at me from behind? <laughs> big sort of padded area. Probably think he's lost his bike. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a puncture. He's running home to go get a it. Bike <laughs> <laughs> But that's all the exercise stuff I've got. So yeah, you know, but but so you I, would have had other trousers from before you had the padded ones because you didn't want to get the padded ones. No, I just had baggy 
tracksuit bottoms, which I think I'd be. No, but I thought you had and the they first were so big that they would fall yeah. down. <laughs> I thought the first lycra ones you got didn't have a pad because you were like, I'm not getting lycra, and then you're like, I got lycra. No, I think once once you get lycra, just cycling you can shorts, get normal they're, they're lycra. Padded. No, but once I got them, I got cycling ones, and they're all padded. Mm. So my shorts are padded as well. <laughs> so yeah, that was. <laughs> Odd. And you were all in black, so it would have really, <laughs> really been obvious. Yeah, but there you go. <laughs> so that was your week. You were a baboon yeah. every day. Okay, this okay. week the topic yeah. is work and jobs. I was more interested in what I can remember of you doing when I was younger. Because yeah. what was I, four and five, when you guys stopped working? Yeah, it sounds uh, really bad. I know. Well, it's for health reasons. It's not yeah. like you no, just I know, went, but it's just, nah, I'm not like, bothered with that. Yeah. Like three quarters of your life. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to, like, however many years ago, get it totally <laughs> no, wrong. I was, I was trying to do a fraction, but I just shit, so shit at maths. <laughs> So what say, did you say? Three say, quarters. I was going to say two thirds. Yeah, no, that's not right. For three you, quarters. Twenty-one fifth, years. This four fifths. A fifth of my life you were working. I'm twenty-six. Right. And yeah. I was about four yeah. or five. So yeah, it's twenty-one years for you this year. Nineteen yeah. for me. Yeah. So yeah, what can you remember then? Okay, so Dad, I remember. Actually, it's weird. There's one memory I have of you going to work. Only one. Okay. <laughs> I don't even really remember you going. I just remember that you kept giving it because it was in the summer mm. and you were giving us games to do during the day so that when you came back we had something to kind of share. Right. So we had a box and yeah. I had to yeah. go and get stuff with a certain letter because he was older and new letters. Right. And I had to go and get stuff of a certain colour and put it all in a box and then when you come home we go, Dad, we got this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, I only remember once because my colour was red. Yeah. So I went and got my Tarzan elephant and I can't remember his name. I want to say Turk but that's the monkey yeah and that's a good memory yeah um and that's the only memory i have is you go in you go get red stuff and i went boom i've got a red elephant i don't remember that oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <gasps> was it was it like a regular thing or was it just a one-off no because i only was... remember that once so i don't know how old you'd have been so yeah new letters so he was possibly at, he was possibly at school well i mean would you say yeah. 21 years you haven't been working so yeah. i'd have been four my brother would have been five or six depending yeah. on when in the year yeah. oh well so, yeah, summer school. Yeah. so he would have been six yeah but so it was before I'm that pretty <laughs> sure that's when you were working at mfi which is pre your accident yeah but you were at mfi for quite a while and then you went to the other place were you at bath did no. you work in bath worked in a bath place no, I remember going to Bath. Yes, we, possibly because it was did. on the way to Bath near Bristol, wasn't it? When I was but weirdly, I think it was place. yeah, it was with Rich, I think. Right. Okay. Um, no, I don't remember that. No. Only vaguely, so I don't really know. I remember maybe it was a Bath place, and I went. We're going to Bath. Yeah. Because I would have been like about that, four, out towards three that or four. Way. Or we went to Bath, and then we stopped to see you on the way, or something. I don't possibly. know. I think you did visit me at that bathroom place. Yeah. That's quite funny though. <laughs> I've yeah. always held in my head. We went to Bath. Because <laughs> we that's when we got the second car. We had that knack of the Chevrolet Chevette. 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 The little blue remember the little blue really old car. We no. bought the second car. I think the first car I remember was kind of like mine, like a small silver one. And when we out we had loads of cars when we, when we were younger. Because we bought we couldn't afford much, so we kept buying shit ones. Mm, yeah. They broke down and then we'd have to get a new one. Well, I say new one. The next so, yeah. what jobs have you had then? From the beginning, go for all your jobs. Oh, from the beginning? Yeah. Flipping out. Because other than MFI, which I know. Yeah. A bathroom place. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, the only other job I know of you having... Oh, hairdresser. Yeah. And selling beanbags with your brother. Oh, God, yeah. I used to love that. Working on the market. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a job. Um... <laughs> Even a hobby, um, right? So, left school, start off. I worked at Gates in St. Neots, which is where my brother worked in the offices, mm-hmm. and kind of got me a warehouse job. So, what was actually doing? Just getting all this together, like packing stuff. No, because that was like metal couplings, so you were getting stuff. Oh, it's confusing. You had the warehouse where the raw metal couplings came in, then they went to another department and they got brazed and went through a furnace, and then they went into another warehouse and then they got brought out of that warehouse when they were needed to attach them to bloody hoses and stuff. So, you were warehousing in about three different places. <laughs> But yeah, I did that. So that was your before. first job, so you'd have been, what, 16? 16, yeah, I left school straight away and mm. hang around. <laughs> <laughs> you shocked me! <laughs> yeah, a great surprise. Um, but then that came to an abrupt end when I went into hospital to have my operation. I thought it was okay to go. Turns out I was on a temporary contract and they basically sacked me while mm. I was in hospital. Would not get away with that now. No, well it was a... Even, even a temp- contract temporary. if you're in hospital with an op- having an operation. You can't, there's not an ex- like, there's a reason yeah, for it, they can't just suppose. fire you. But yeah, they, they filled what I was doing with someone else doing it, so mm-hmm. there's nothing here for you now. <laughs> so yeah. So I was milling around, not really knowing what to do. Even though your brother got you the job, could he not have stuck up for you and gone, no, he's coming back, he's just having an operation? Uh, no, I think the recovery time was going to be a little while, So, mm-hmm. but they just they filled the position and that's the way it went, that's the way it was. So then I was milling about not knowing what to do and essentially went with my mum to the hairdressers a couple of times and was chatting to her boss, who was an excellent, hilarious Italian called Aldo. He, I just got on with so well and discussing that I didn't know what I was going to do and he's like, we should come here, train. Be hairdresser. It's a great life. Yeah, then why not? <laughs> so then you were what, 18? 17, um, Yeah, about, it's about 17 by then, I suppose. And that was, God, that's going back to the YTS scheme. On oh, YTS. Youth training scheme. Yeah, and the princely sum of £27.50 a week. Woohoo! Working five days a week and then one day a week going to college. Five days a week for not even 30 quid. Yep, I wouldn't get paid to do a lot, really, <laughs> <laughs> as it turned out. But what were you doing at that point? Because you weren't qualified. Was it just sweeping hair? Sweeping, washing hair. Okay. Washing uh, hair. Washing hair. Making tea. Yep, making teas and coffees, doing the till, taking appointments. Yeah. All the other dog's body stuff. Helping out main stylist, cleaning. Oh, cleaning brushes. What a nightmare that was. Well, um, the dye brushes? No, just hair brushes. Hair brushes. All brushes. Oh. You can go through them and pick all, everything out with combs and put them in barbicide and clean them. Disinfect Did they still them. have, like, you know, those wheat, like wheelie trolley things they have now? Hmm. Did they have those? Yeah. So you had to like, did you refill them and stuff? Yeah, refill them, empty them, clean them, get all sort of the perm lotions and papers, all the perming rollers, line them up, get some old ladies, you get them under the dryer, chat to them. <laughs> great. It was a great life. It was a lot for the age I was and what I was doing. Mm. It was great fun. And 30 quid a week, not yeah. even. And it was, that was the money you got. But I was getting, I mean, to me, it seemed like loads. I'd get 10, 15 quid a week in tips sometimes. Christmas was just amazing. You'd get like 50, 60 quid in a week. Nice. You'd just get, even the ones that tip you every week still give you more at Christmas. Yeah. So that was good. In the back of my head, I've got that you were a drayman for a while. I was. Have we was not that got there before yet? Before hairdressing? No. Because you were hairdressing when we met. Well, yeah, I, I kind of had a break. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what happened. So you did that and then you were qualified and you carried on working there? Yes. I, uh, two years. So then you be- you actually did cut hair and do all that sort of stuff? Yes. I think that's why I quit. I was really struggling with the once I'd done the qualified bit, actually having my own clients and 
I was just so jittery and I kept getting told off because I wasn't, weirdly for me, I wasn't talking enough. Yeah. It's like, no, because I'm concentrating. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to chat yet yeah. while I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. So yeah, I did that for a while and I can't think what I think I was, I was planning on moving to South End because I've got friends that live out South End. So I was planning on moving there. So I quit, didn't move there. And then went on an agency's books, which was okay. hilarious. That was when I was I was a drayman. It was right. an agency thing. They yeah. got me in with the. They were a big brewery in St Neots, but they're now essentially just warehousing. They buy in booze and ship it out to pubs. So I was in the lorries, loading up the lorries, working the warehouse, and going out and delivering beer and spirits <laughs> to pubs. And that was a great laugh. I'm very disappointed you wouldn't weren't doing it when they were still using the cart horses. Though. No, no, I'm not that bloody old. <laughs> It was lorries, although half of them really worse than cart horses and some of them were a nightmare. But yeah, I did that for six months or so. That was a good thing about an agency. You get such variation in jobs yeah. all around warehousing and organising and stuff, which I seem to be quite good at. And then went on when we met, mm. was, I was reading that, it's hilarious, <laughs> a letter on the wall, um, working in a water purification oh, yeah, warehouse, which was quite a new thing then. <laughs> Water purification well, warehouse. Yeah, it was. Everyone was panicking about the quality of their water at that time, and they were, yeah. we're all going to die because there's so much stuff in the water. <laughs> so people were setting up these systems where the mains water came in, came out a little pipe from your main tap into a separate filter thing, and then you could have an, another tap on your sink, which gave you purified, clean water. <laughs> And we had a warehouse of all the, the bits and pieces to make them, and we were constructing the kits to go out to be installed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Is that still a company? I wouldn't have a clue. I, don't, well, I, I suppose I'm... that would have been the forerunner to the one now that. Oh, that cooker thing, yeah, is it? Yeah, because can... yeah, there's like a separate whole thing now that you can boil kettle or yeah. boil the kettle or put water in or whatever, and it Yeah, it was kind it. of the really basic for. I mean, we were doing kits, me and the guy in the warehouse. He was training to be a referee in his spare time. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, we were making up kits so the salesman could take out and demonstrate it. Sorry, a referee and a hairdresser working in a water purification <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> was, was there a priest working around the corner? <laughs> it's got a sitcom written all over it, isn't it? Yeah. Or like the start of a joke in Englishman and Irish yeah. and the Scotsman walking to a bar. A referee, a hairdresser, and yeah. a whatever. And a water pur- pur- purification assistant. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we were trying to make up these kits so salesmen could show people in their houses what it was all about. Yeah. And we were buying loads of small, <coughs> cheap toolbox, plastic toolboxes and fitting what we needed inside there so you could hook it up to a normal tap and you could essentially demonstrate it within this toolbox and have a small filter tap coming out of the rent. So we were making them and that was for a few months. And then about the time we met, mm-hmm. I think that's when I, I went back because I, I think... I, were you trying to impress her? <laughs> Well, not by going back to being a hairdresser. I don't, you know, Better than being really... in a water purification warehouse. Yeah, not for the money I was earning. But no, I think that's when I went back to Aldo. Right. And went back for a hairdresser for 18 months. Possibly not even that long. So altogether, you were only a hairdresser for like three years? About four years, I'd say. I feel like in my head, the amount we've talked about you being a hairdresser, it was so much longer. No, but I mean, I was fully qualified. And yeah. I'd been qualified for a couple of years in working terms. But I mean, it feels like that because so I've, I've it... always done bits of hair at home and stuff yeah would it your qualification still if you just walked into a hairdresser's went can I have a job I'm a qualified hairdresser um or would they go you haven't actually cut hair in so long no I mean that would they would probably want to see what I've done but the the technical side of it is still roughly the same the thing weirdly the thing that might have changed would be the chemicals in dyes and perms because there was a lot more chemicals in them then yeah so and you probably wouldn't know because you worked in the same place with a guy that you knew but if you go for a job as a hairdresser yeah and you're already 
qualified, yeah. would you have to do a cut to show, almost like an audition, would you have to do a haircut yeah, depends, or a hairstyle or something? From what I saw, it depends where you go, because I mean, Alba used to take people on and poach people, mm. and that was people within the town, you knew people that yeah. went to them, you knew what their work was like, so it was kind of on that basis, and then there was a couple that were mobile hairdressers, and you knew they were trusted, and he gave them, you used to rent a seat in the salon, to, rather than him paying wages, it was a, they'd rent a seat. You and pay me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so no, I never saw anyone do that. But he was a lot low, more local, and he knew what people. Yeah, were capable I guess in of. a bigger, like in a big chain or a higher. Yeah, if people were outside of the area, probably would have to sort of. I think these days, possibly as well, they have a portfolio. Yeah. I suppose you still got to prove that you did it, but you can have a portfolio. <laughs> of... <laughs> you and a pair of scissors behind someone's head, girl. Me, <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> Yeah. So no, that was interesting. So then what? Um, then I moved area, scrabbled around looking for things, and then briefly considered sticking with hairdressing. Mm. Not enough money in it unless you've got your own salon and all your super. Could you not have worked up to that? Or did you just not want to be a boss or your own boss? Um, no, I don't mind being my own boss. I always wanted to be my own boss, but it's just the I don't know. It's a weird one because I enjoyed the life, but it's quite. It's a lot of work and standing up for not a hell of a lot of money. It takes quite a while to get up to decent like hairdressers. We know have got their own yeah. salons even they're not even they sort of plead poverty unless you're super super talented it's not a massive amount of money in it so now i gave that up i went back with agencies didn't i for a while um you did because i remember that weird job i had when i went out to Avon yeah you Docks. did um jackie's corner for a while oh jackie's corner that was brilliant so a cheap um forerunner to a pound shop where we lived yeah and there was a little one there called jackie's corner and i got a part-time job in there and that was great i was gonna say you loved i think in the end that's what and i really that was loved. you liked interacting with the customers yeah and the cheekiness your cheeky side came out mm. with the customers Actually, and the other staff chatting with people and taking the mick out of people it's just I loved it so yeah take the scissors out of you yeah. <laughs> and you were fine yeah not got to concentrate having a laugh with people is great but yeah you did sign up with an agency signed up with an agency so agencies are great you get a very if you don't care what you do you just want to earn money you get a great variation but you get some weird shit that one I had to go in, into the western and get picked up in a minibus I think there was about 20 of us I mean it sounds really dodgy and I don't see why it's going that all I got told was it was a warehouse job in Avonmouth and we got picked up in this minibus driven off to a massive warehouse in Avonmouth and it was they were no more than knee high this whole place probably describe how big it was half must have been half a dozen football pitches big knee high just these cardboard boxes and they said right in all these boxes there's a golden ticket go (laughs) (laughs) is a mixture of books just books some novels cookery books gardening books any sort of books you can imagine just these piles of boxes of mixtures of books you need to get all the ones out that are the same and put them in a box sort books yeah and there were loads of us in this the, the other minibuses arrived there must have been 60 of us in this warehouse so you worked at a sweatshop potentially <laughs> just the sort of thing you did on an agency you just went into this warehouse and they're like right you're going to spend the day pulling all the books out of these boxes and then set them putting them into separate boxes so what the same book or the same type of book? no the same book <laughs> i don't know if it was like a returns a massive returns warehouse for a book. Sounds more like company. they've just sold, they've just stolen them all, and then they were organising them to resell. God knows, but I well, you it, paid tax and national insurance yeah. on the job, or so. if they were selling them online or some. Well, probably not. No, then. not online. But selling them mm. could have been around the time that reps would drop off a yeah, selection those, those of books. Booksellers would come yeah. around to you. But then it wouldn't have that. been. Why would you want the same books all together? Surely you would want if you. 
if you were selling them to someone else, you would then have all the same books. You could grab yeah. one of each. Yeah. But no, or they go, I want this book. So you go, okay, I found it. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just weird. We just spent a day. It's just one just day. Just one day? Yeah, it's one day. Did you even do all the books? No. God, no. So what's the point of just doing it for a day? Surely they just bring it, it back until next, you've done it. Next, next day, they'd, they'd have got another bunch of people in. And you would get sent off to a different job. Yeah. Didn't yeah, you? but surely that's how agencies work. You go, right, you've got this job. Okay, you don't have that job anymore. We'll find you something else. Not yeah. Yeah, do this one day, this for two days. It literally for... works. They find you a job and say, right, yeah, got nothing for a couple of days. Then go and do this. I don't know how it works with that one, but I know it's weird. But no, it definitely wasn't finished. The place was massive. <laughs> Didn't you have one as well where you had to take, I want to say, electrical cables from a massive, huge reel and put them onto smaller, smaller reels. reels? Yeah, it was a, or almost for electricians. It was an electrician's like, yeah. warehouse in, in that was in Avonmouth as well. I was there for quite a while. Yeah, they weren't bad that one. But yeah, you used to get these massive because I'm forklift trained. Did that quite early on. And cool. That was MFI. MFI, yeah. but some of the places you didn't need to be forklift yeah. trained. But I can drive qualified. In about four different types, they probably lapsed now. Probably really quite <laughs> um, but yeah, you used to go out into the yard and get a massive drum. I don't know if you've seen them on the backs of lorries that are like like the big, like six foot high, big, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to get the right one. Go out in the yard, go out and bring it in in the, on the forklift, hook it up to a essentially a massive turntable, an upright turntable, and then there's rows of about a dozen I mean, it was almost like cutters, and they would cut off the amount of that big reel that was needed for an order and put it on a smaller reel. Almost like winding up. A bobbin, yeah. yeah, and transferring it to a smaller wheel and cutting it to the right length for a particular order, and that's what you did. So, how did you measure it? Did you just get the end, walk back a certain length, and then go, okay, I'll wind that bit up? No, I think there was there was a way of doing it. I think the machine it came off of had a counter, so it went through like a circular piece, and that mm-hmm. counted how much it was going through. And then they always do a bit more. But yeah, did that for a while. Nice on the agency. The one you had to stop straight away because that was um, yeah. really affected your asthma. I only did it for half a day. Yeah. Tube fabrication. It was essentially a massive again warehouse type factory unit. <laughs> With pieces of metal come in, richly just been cut into like pieces of tube and bends and things, and you stood at machines and you buffed them up and polished them, and so they were good enough to be used for things. Oh no, I thought there was one where it was all cutting wood. No, it was this tube fabrication. Okay. It was all the dust from oh, pol- the pol- t- yeah. polishing up the metal. I couldn't breathe by lunchtime, and back then didn't have masks. Shit, who knew? <laughs> masks would be so important. Um, <laughs> I didn't have masks and by lunch I couldn't bloody breathe so I just I'm off I can't do this so that lasted half a day <laughs> and then luckily I found or a friend of a friend yeah. found MFI where I was for cool blimey before we got married yeah. until you were probably five it was probably about seven seven or eight years mm. and again I started from the warehouse worked my way up to assistant manager and that's where you met your friend yeah so it's funny saying met a friend because when we first worked we both worked in the warehouse yeah when we first met we hated each other <laughs> yeah couldn't stand each other why i just thought he was such an arrogant prick it was unreal <laughs> and he knows that i've told him and we've both laughed about yeah. it since haven't we he said yeah. it's, it's, couldn't stand each other. You see, so why didn't he like you? I can't remember now. I know he's, he has told me in the past, mm. but I know I remember thinking, God, he's such a, so up himself. He's such an arrogant <laughs> prick. But he's your brother's godfather. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's mine. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, he's your godfather. <laughs> I know. <laughs> MFI and then after MFI the bathroom yeah I mean yeah we briefly went back to St Neas and I worked at Gates again mm. then yeah, we moved back wrong. no then we moved back and I was at the bathroom warehouse who shipped bathroom components from around the world and then distribute them to shops in the UK that's, well, that's where you had your accidents yeah so mm. I have two questions so when you were younger 
What did you want to do? Because I know you said you didn't really know, and then that's when you got sort of fell into hair, hairdressing. But you said you wanted to be your own boss. Like, that's something you always wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, always. Yeah, just the thought of working for other people and then earning more money than and paying you shit wages just grated on me from the start. <laughs> Um, when I was at school, I actually wanted to be a carpenter. You didn't have a good carpenter. Yeah, but I was told by my woodwork teacher, don't be such a prat. I mean, he was a knob. <laughs> Mr. Bishop, absolute cock he was. Um, when I did work experience, went off for a week. And because I'd said I wanted to do carpentry, I went off to, they were a local building firm contractors, HF Bull and Sons. Spent a week there. Actually, one of those bastards in, in run over my bike in the yard. <laughs> one of their lorries. <laughs> I had to send it over the road to get it fixed. Um, but yeah, but they said, they said, why are you here doing work? So I said, well, I want to be a carpenter. And they were they were older blokes and they were so dismissive. And they said, it's not carpentry anymore. Oh, don't bother, it's shit. And I spent the week hammering nails into prefabricated doors, internal doors, and just fitting them together. And I just spent the week hammering nails. And they said, this is what carpentry is now. <laughs> this is what the job is. There is no carpentry anymore. It doesn't exist. This is how much you can do carpentry. I said, I'm not doing that for 40 fucking years. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. When you do work experience yeah. and you're surrounded by grizzled old blokes who've been doing it for 30 years and they're really bitter and they just said, ah, don't bother, it's not a job anymore. So no, okay. Then I didn't have a clue because that was what I wanted to do. That's what I was going to ask, actually, what you did for work experience in school. So there you go, you answered that. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll do another one. Okay. <laughs> if, like, your health was magically better tomorrow, yeah. and you went out to go get a job, what job would you do? Or try and do? I don't need to laugh. Well, actually, no, you probably wouldn't laugh, because I actually thought about it, seriously thought about it recently. Yeah. Open up a record shop. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of yeah. shops down the high street here yeah, yeah. that are for rent. I mean, it's shit to start with, because the second-hand record shop is the best way of doing it, yeah. I think, because there's such a clamour for old vinyl now. So you just got to keep hold of all your old ones. Yeah, all the ones I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> to build up my stock. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd take a lot more than that. I fancy myself doing that. I quite mm. enjoy doing that. I'm not as knowledgeable as I perhaps should be. I mean, the guy that we I go just to, said you are. I don't know. No, you. The guy, mean, you know you, the guy you in are Western. with what you like. Yeah. And number ones. Yeah. But yeah, the guy we go to regularly in Western. I mean, he, he's he been used in the to, music business work in the record industry originally. So wouldn't mind doing that. Some sort That'd of shop, cool. I think, these days. Of course, yeah, you always, always wanted a shop. Yeah, it's always my. Oh, we didn't even go on to the beanbags. No, you said that wasn't really a job. Yeah, it was just my brother was selling them for some bloke who was making them. <laughs> and I used to go and do Sunday markets with him sometimes. And go to sleep on them. Yeah, sleep on the beanbags. Yeah, great luck. <laughs> So for you, I don't know, I remember you going to Bristol. Yep. And I was in school. Yep. Because I remember putting trainers on with Dad and my brother to take you to the train station. Yep. And then one time I forgot to swap them when we got back and I got into trouble because I sat my trainers on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of all I know. Okay. Uh, so... And it was some sort of solicity thing. Yes, I was soliciting. <laughs> <laughs> If you were to pay for shit. <laughs> uh, that particular job, which was my last one. Well, you go backwards, interesting. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, no, it's just because, because that's the memory that you have. When we had our sabbatical in St. Neots and then hightailed it back, um, my mum had been um, a legal secretary for many, many years, but she retired from that and she became a law cost draftsman. So that is 
when a solicitor at that stage got to the end of a file or partway through a long legal case, um, they would submit a bill either to their client or to the legal aid board as it was then. Basically, it was better at the end of the case because you could do the whole case, but some cases went on for years and years and years. It was our job, it became my job after hers, to go through every single page in a client's file, count how many letters had been written, how many had been received and needed consideration, how much work was done on the case. Solicitors had to keep a record of everything. What they called UTAs, which was an untimed telephone attendance, so a call with a client. If it was noted as a UTA, it would be six minutes because solicitors charge in six minutes. So in an hour, you've got 10 charging units. So it could have been a call that was two minutes long, but if they recorded it as a UTA because it was under six minutes, that was allowed to be charged at six minutes. Any time that was spent on a piece of work for the case was written in and recorded by the solicitor. So it became the job to go through all of the files. There was a huge complex set of rules that got changed partway through and basically work out how much the solicitor needed to be paid. And as I say, sometimes it was the client themselves paying, sometimes it was legal aid because the client didn't have enough money and other times, especially if you were suing somebody, the losing party would pay their own costs and the winning party's costs. And then it would get, you would submit it to the other solicitors, they would have their law cost draftsman look at it and say, no, I don't believe that this is reasonable. We will raise queries on bits of the bill. We'll argue about bits of the bill. And eventually you could end up in front of a judge in the court yourself saying why your bill is correct and which bits, the judge would go through the bill with you and say, yes, I agree with that, but no, I think that wasn't a reasonable amount of time to spend on that it could have been done quicker and that was the job i started off just typing up all the other cost draftsmen's bills that they prepared within about three or four weeks of starting that i was correcting lots of their work so the boss of the company said right would you like me to train you so he trained me and then i did do a course to get an actual qualification in it at the same time as doing that i'd also gone back to college and was training to be a legal executive so that I could do soliciting but yeah so I fell into that by accident but going back to the beginning so was Gran still doing that when we were younger yes mm. because I always remember her being in the office and having like her paper and I calculate and she would write stuff in there and quick tap mm. on the calculator and do stuff so when I was younger I used to have your scrap paper yes with whatever on and I had my yellow mm. old yellow calculator and a pencil and my banana shaped rubber and because I didn't really know what she was doing she was just counting stuff I would go through and I would count how many letters in each sentence and write it at the end and then I'd add it up and then write stuff and then add that up and tap away on my oh, calculator because I, I didn't know what she was doing I just saw it and I was like I like that so that's I why that's what that. I used to do <laughs> oh, I used to go and have some paper and I would sit there and pretend to do it so is that why because you 
you quite enjoy admin now, don't you? Yeah. Sort of admin stuff. Is that yeah. where that sort of stems from then? Probably. Well, it must just be in me. Yeah. yeah. And oh, even so about cool. four or five. <laughs> I mean, it's in the family because, I mean, it's you and your mum are both quite yeah. into sort of admin and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, initially at school, I wanted to be a children's nanny. I loved kids, loved being around them, and I wanted to be a nanny. But no, so uh, when I left school, I went to a nursery nurses college, but it was was a tedious bus journey from where I lived at a very very early time into Bristol and then a massive walk up Park Street which is so steep and I just couldn't cope with it so and I'd done childcare at school for two years and so the course you was the for, same um, work, work experience. experience I didn't do work experience I had glandular fever Slacker. I had glandular fever my last <clears> year at school and wasn't well enough to go to school for a long time so no I didn't actually get to do work experience but I'd had loads of part-time jobs all over the years anyway I'd worked I mean my parents had shops when I was little and I was told as soon as you're old you're tall enough to reach the bottom shelf of the cigarette rack you can work behind <laughs> so this is how times, times change yeah. you can now work you behind see them. the counter <laughs> The cigarettes, yeah. not the kids. As long as you're big enough to light a fag, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, one of our shops was like a general store type thing, newsagent general store. Um, and some kids came in and were shoplifting. And the policeman came in, Dad was telling them, telling the policeman what had been stolen. And it was all the sweets and stuff. And he said, oh, and licorice. And the policeman went, now hang on a minute, how do you spell licorice? And I was six or seven years old and I just straight off the top of my head spelt licorice and he just looked at my dad and my dad said I don't know it's written down there and he went oh yeah she's got that right so yeah so uh what they then had when we moved from the Midlands to the southwest they had fruit uh, had a news agents which again I worked in occasionally after school then they had a fruit and veg shop and I used to help clear up at the end of the day serve customers embarrass men who would come in to buy a whole sack of potatoes so the great huge sacks that you could buy for like 55 pounds i think they were 52 55 pounds so worth of potatoes that, yeah. in weight you see anywhere now, you? no and they would look at my mum who is not even as tall as i am now but barely, was, barely five foot yeah and say is there somebody that can carry it out to my car for me and if i was there i wasn't there she would do it but if i was there at the age of seven or eight they're like yeah she'll do it and these men so embarrassed that i was shifted up onto my shoulder and carry it out to the car but that was around the time that I had pony and then a horse so you've got to be strong to lift those horses oh, yeah. <laughs> taking my horse for a ride <laughs> you get good muscles from controlling half a ton of horse so yeah there was that um what else had i done chambermaiding my best friend and i spent a summer we ended up at two different hotels because the first one really was a sweatshop they had loads and loads of chambermaids so you didn't get very many hours work but then we went to a different place and there were only three of us yeah one senior member of staff that was in all week and then us two at weekends oh no school holidays so it would be during the week and you'd get all morning doing that and then Saturday job in the local bakery which is where I was I remember they always listened to Radio 2 the ladies in there but on the day of the Live Aid concert they tuned it in to Radio 1 for me so that I could actually <laughs> listen to the concert from midday onwards very kind of them 
they were lovely to work. But yeah, uh, went off to college, quit college after the first half term. Because of my age, I had to go, I went to sign on and I had to go and sign on with a um, advisory. So you know how at school you go and see the, what do they call them? Careers advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had to go and see one of those and it really bugged me. I was good at maths and my tutor was a maths teacher and she said, oh, you'll always end up, you're going to end up working with numbers. I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't like my tutor. It's like absolutely not working with numbers. Walked in there on the Thursday afternoon and she said, oh, we've just had a job come in for an accounts assistant at the local bus company, Badgerline Buses. I can get you an interview there tomorrow. Went for the interview on Friday afternoon, started work there in the accounts department on the Monday morning. <laughs> so yeah, never had to sign on. I was there for a couple of years, got a bit fed up with it all because there was no, the department that I was in was four people. The manager, there was no way he was going anywhere. There was a deputy manager, then somebody again senior to me and then I was the junior. So there wasn't really the opportunity for mm. promotion or anything with the ages that the other two were. So quit there, signed on with Sue Shepherd Temping Agency and did, it would be the same as you, but for secretarial and accounts work, you just, you're given a job and you go off and do that one for, it could yeah. be three weeks typing labels to go on envelopes or I mean, a couple where I was doing payroll and stuff like that. And then one of the places that I was temping doing payroll took me on permanently. Somewhere in the middle of that, I went to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> No, not in the middle of it. In, yeah. no, no. At some point. Yeah. wasn't in the middle of it. I, I decided to go off to Australia because I hadn't got, I was just doing temping work and I had the opportunity. I'd got family living out there. So I thought, yeah, why not? Let's go. And then when I came back, I got the job. I mean, they said it was an accounts assistant role, but it was a, um, an engineering firm, but it was also secretarial work as well. It was working along with the accountant, but also with the general manager. So typing letters, reports, stuff like that, but also because I'd done oh I did Jenny Craig as well oh I forgot about that one so that was an accounts job and doing it was a Jenny Craig weight loss centres their head office was in the southwest so that was like a diet company and they would make their own foods so meal replacement type thing but I was working in the office two other lovely people so again very junior in the role but managed to talk my way around to oh, I'd really love to do payroll I've done bits of payroll before and they were like yeah why not um but then that job relocated they relocated the head office up to London and although I went up there for a few weeks wasn't very happy there and had a car accident going back they gave me a company car so I could get back home at the weekends um but yeah I had a car accident so decided just said no that's it I'm done um and part of my redundancy pay from them because I was only meant to be helping them out with the move uh they covered the cost of my flight so that's why I went to Australia too shabby no lived in an amazing house but yeah so that was was fantastic. Um, came back from Australia, got the job at the engineering firm, met your dad through a friend of a friend. Absolutely. Uh, we got married, we made a baby, and That's a few months, no, few months into my pregnancy, because they were allowed to, they fired me. I'd had a, I think I said last week I've got type 1 diabetes, I had a situation where my blood sugar was really low and I was slumped over my desk, and they said, yeah, we're not having this. So, yeah, got fired. Different time. I know, I mean. <laughs> Fired so many lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
not in those days. No. But yeah, so then that was when we went off to St. Neots for a while, came back, and then I started typing up legal bills and then drafting legal bills. So quite a while you were, I say just, but it's not just, you were a housewife, weren't you? Yeah. Looking after the kids home, in the house. Loved that. So same question as dad then. If tomorrow you woke up, no health problems, going out to get a job, what would you do? Author. So you both kind of want to do stuff you can still do. Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to be an author, you can do that. You want to yeah. have a record I mean, shop, I've you got, can do that. Time is something I've got and they said that's what a lot of novice authors struggle with. I've just got the whole, I adore books. I adore the process of writing, but I have that fear that I would never be successful or commercial. What about um, like doing book reviews? I have thought about that purely to be a have a book blog just for the sake. I mean, you don't get paid, but you get sent mm, free you can books. For, you can. Um, like advertising yeah. yeah quite quickly if people pay attention to it quite quickly get paid for stuff I like just that. like it to get free books before yeah. publication well, date as well. yeah. yeah for big reviewers they yeah. probably do mm. I mean, look at that but I've also kid, got that kid that I want to poke in the eye and American kid that earns like 30 million dollars a oh, year reviewing toys reviewing toys <laughs> yeah <laughs> And now everyone does it. Yeah, he's just playing and he earns millions of dollars a year. His parents yeah. just went, oh, I'll film him doing his yeah. reaction. But it, it comes down to how long my eyesight holds out for. Yeah. Because I can't review books. I mean, had a fantastic pile of books for my birthday and for Christmas, but I am struggling to read them because mm. I've been spent so much of last year just reading e-books because I could increase the font yeah. to what was comfortable for me and there's not enough books get printed in large print. <laughs> We know your work history. How? I haven't told you yet. <laughs> Generally, but I suppose you should recap. Okay. So, paper round, if that counts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're earning money. Um, yeah, I had paper round. I don't know how long I did that for in the end. About a year? No, probably more than that. More than that. You were a couple of years. 14 when you got the job. I think you had to be 14. Uh, yeah, I think I, I stopped when I went to sixth form then. Yeah. So, what, 16? Leave school at 16. Yeah. So, a couple of years. But we, it was kind of, kind of like a family rite of passage because everyone did it yeah. at the same place. We didn't really know know the owner, but we sort of knew the owner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that. And I really liked it. And sometimes I can still remember my route. I, well, can I can you? remember my route, but I can't quite remember the houses. But there was like some of them, because I just did the same one for quite a while, can remember which ones had which paper. And I eventually knew that just because yeah. I did it every day. But no, I quite enjoyed that, getting out walking and stuff. Then I went into lifeguarding, which again, I sort of felt, I sort of... It, really fell into all of my jobs <laughs> a lot of time people do i did because mm. um, i was doing the rookie lifeguard course at the local swimming pool which is kind of you're not old enough to do the qualification but you're doing basically the same skills yeah. to learn how to save people and stuff do you say you fell into it i mean my memory's shit things like this but why did you decide to do that? I mean, that's not falling into it. That's choosing to do that course. Well, no, because that, was, that wasn't the actual course to do the MPLQ. No. That was just a club. Right. And you... I, Because I said to mum, I wanted to join a swimming club. Yeah. And she said, well, there's this thing. Why don't you do that? Because you're good at swimming and you can save other people who can't swim. Right. Okay. Well, all right, I'll give it a go. So, and it, you it, it joined the swimming club as and well. And I joined yeah. the swimming club. So, but yeah, it was a conscious decision to But no, to but I, I did that just to do it. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be a lifeguard mm. at any point. No, no, I, I just went, that, this will but... be a cool club. Mm. Be good okay. to learn some skills. Then he was like, oh, you're only 16. You can do the course when you're 16 and become a lifeguard. It's only £300 and you get the qualification for two years. Yeah. And you can be a lifeguard. And I went, okay. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So then I was a lifeguard at Pontins for a while. Well, for a summer. Yeah. <laughs> for about three months, I think it was altogether. 
And that was fine. There was just long hours from what I remember. I wasn't old enough to drive, so you had to drive me there. Yeah. Um, and because it was a holiday camp over summer, it was just always packed. Because it was pontins rather than anything nice. Yeah. We were constantly shut in the pool because someone had thrown up, shat in it, or whatever. And we had to shut the pool for a few hours for it to do a clean cycle. Yeah. Then we could open again. Even that, we didn't sometimes didn't have the nets weren't long enough from one side. Right. There was a big pool and then a small baby pool where the slide went into yeah so if it was in the big pool but near the slide side yeah there was no way of getting to that bit because right. they, they backed onto each other so if it was there you literally had to wade in with a net and scoop it all out and it, it was just vile it was awful but doesn't it move if you if you're wading yeah. in the water doesn't it you then have move? to go really carefully really slowly <laughs> kind of stop while you're around it scoop up as much as you can Chasing i mean a ter- i mean well ter- shit was fine because it's like a vomit lump, generally but vomit yeah. you have to just get as much as you can and we're we're then getting this net and everyone's going right quick get a bucket and put in the bucket right as close to you as you can so you can just quickly dunk it in. Go and have a shower and clean yourself off and go, has anyone got any spare t-shirts and shorts? But that was almost that was almost daily. I remember you coming back and saying, oh yeah, we were close closed so again. Hours someone vomited <laughs> it's like, what's the matter with these people? I know, it's awful. I don't think I've ever done either of those things no. in a swimming pool. Nope. I was <laughs> just thinking about it. I just remember, because I could smell them as well. So I can remember like a cheesy smell. <laughs> as soon as I think about our place, it's just disgusting. <laughs> But the Pontins weren't best known for their hygiene anyway. No. So the two good things about that place, there was, we had to do certain cleaning jobs throughout the day as well. Yeah. And I always used to love cleaning out the lockers because the amount of people that forget to pick up their pound paid for my lunch so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I felt really bad about it at first, but I left a few of them. But I was like, by the end, I was like, there was about six quid pretty much every every time I did it. So like, oh, just here's the list of jobs. Does someone want to get started? And if that one hadn't been done yet, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go clean the lockers. I'll go get the because you did have to spray the whole locker and clean it all down. So it was quite a long job. So no Mm. one really wanted to do it. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll go for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have to pay for lunch for. I think half my time there. Um, and I did my first rescue there. My first and kind of only proper. I was yeah. sitting mm. up on the chair. It was fairly quiet. There was only know, about four or five older, like a group of older teenagers or yeah. young guys in. So everyone else was off cleaning. Because generally, because it was summer, we had quite a few people for the middle of the day. Two people to open, two people to close. Yeah. Or one, I don't know. But And then pretty much everyone was always in during the middle of the day. So I was sitting up on the chair. And this dad comes in with two boys who are maybe four and... And six or seven they had gone as far as the baby pool yeah. and then the chairs in the middle of at the end of both pools right um so he said to his boys he went right you guys wait there or just kind of go in by the steps because it's step stepped yeah. into the water wait there for me i'm just gonna go put this back or whatever it was um and obviously they just run into the pool and the older one starts swimming off and i almost like can see it playing out yeah in my head i'm like this is not gonna go well yeah and then this little because at first the little one didn't go anywhere so i was like okay no i was wrong it's fine otherwise obviously i would have stopped him and there were some of the big square floats out yeah and the older one had swum i think to the other end so he was obviously fine at swimming because yeah. he got straight inside swimming and then the the young one climbing up onto this float and starts trying to jump across the floats to get to his brother. Right. And I'm like, no, no, no. And as he jumps, I'm like, oh, he's going to slip, he's going to slip. He jumps like like a cat on all fours, jumps across to this other one. It just slides out from underneath him. And when you imagine 
drowning. Yeah. Like, that's what he did. Mm. The proper upright, going up, yeah. I'm splashing, blubbing back down, coming back up, splashing, blubbing back down. So I'm like, straight in, jump down off the chair, don't even think I... I didn't even do whistles, so you're mm. supposed to do three whistles, which means I'm going in for an emergency. So if there's no one else around, a lifeguard would then rush out, yeah. pull the alarm, everyone gets out the pool so you can deal with this emergency. Yeah. I didn't do that, I just went, <laughs> there's a kid drowning, like, oh, I can't go save him. <laughs> So I jumped down off the chair, jump, there was like a bit of walkway and then the stairs. I didn't mm. even walk. I just jumped into the pool, swam as fast as I could. I pick him up, do a hip support. So I grab him like around the hips, yeah. put him on my hip and I'm swimming to the end. As soon as I grab him, he just goes, thank you. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I get to the end, get get him to climb out. I jump out. The older brother's like, oh, are you okay, Louis? Are you all right? And I, we're walking back around the whole pool and the dad starts walking in and then the other lifeguard's like, oh, is everything all right? Because she just came straight back out. And I went up to the dad and I'm like, well, he's, I've just had to go in and get him. He was mm. drowning. And he just looks at me and goes, oh, your mum's going to love this one. <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. The important thing. So then I think they started to go off and I turned back around the lifeguard the other lifeguard was like, Oh remember you need to get them to do a first aid form and mm. all this oh yeah 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 So I take them into the first aid room and explain to them about secondary drowning because you have to do that every time you save someone and again to fill out the whole accident form and yeah. this is what happens can you sign there? Yeah and then I came back out and I'm like shaking yeah. <laughs> like adrenaline. She goes, Oh, do you wanna go get dressed then? I'm like, yeah, that was it. <laughs> So that's the only proper rescue. I've done a few where I've I've been, I think mainly where I've been teaching and I've just quickly jumped in and just right, plucked yeah. them up rather than a big one I'm lifeguarding. But I love that you still remember his name. So yeah, so I lifeguarded there. Then it was September and I was going to back to sixth form and all the people from the local swimming pool who were working there as lifeguards had all gone back to uni. Yeah. And I knew the guy who taught me and I was like, any chance of getting a job? So we did like a little interview. Yeah. So then, yeah, then I lifeguarded there for, well, no, I lifeguarded for two years. Then when I was 18, I did my swim teaching qualification level one. Yeah. Because at Pontins, we did little lessons every now and again. Yeah. But no one was really a teacher. We just kind of did it because they were there on holiday. Yeah. It's something for them to do. And I did that a couple of times and I really enjoyed it. So when I went to the other place, they, they were talking about it and I got to know some of the teachers. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, so then I went to do that. So then I did both lifeguarding and teaching for another couple of years, which was really fun. It was really... I did split shifts pretty much every day. Yeah. Opened a lot. So I was opening as a lifeguard, going home by lunchtime, but then coming back in the afternoon to teach until early evening. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, you could tell. You could definitely tell you, you really enjoyed teaching yeah I, do, I like working with kids yeah. and the same as you I've yeah. always wanted to work with kids and I did a lot of the younger ones as well because you have to get in with the duckling group or the toddler group yeah. that have a back float on obviously you have to get in with them and then the first couple of stages generally you have to get in yeah so a lot of people didn't like doing them because they didn't want to get wet mm. Or they didn't want to have to get in and get out and get in and get out. Well, I was right. perfectly happy with that. Pretty much Saturdays when I was teaching all morning. Yeah. I was like in, out, in, out, in, out. And it was fine. I really enjoyed it. So, yes, yeah, so I did most of the younger kids and they were just a blast. Mm. So good. When you're teaching, there's normally quite a few 
classes going on at the same time and everyone kind of changes like you're not just teaching one class the whole time you do yeah a duckling a stage one a stage three a stage two a stage whatever so you all kind of move around so you'd often talk to different people and get different ideas off different people and everyone would go oh i saw this thing let's try that right, and yeah. uh oh i did this with my ducklings yesterday give that a go it was it worked really well or whatever and i always remember at christmas one of my friends who was a teacher and she'd been she'd already been teaching a long time so on saturdays we would always teach next to each other quite a few times so we would always like saturdays because we were next to each other um and also at christmas a lot of the times we just did more fun stuff because yeah. it was christmas so we would always be like sort of lean over the rope to each other going are we joining classes this time yeah yeah let's do it let's do it even if we had a stage one and stage three we'd be like oh can we get away with it yeah why not let's do it we'll both be in the water it'll be fine <laughs> So we, especially with the younger ones, because we ha- we did a we we would get the floats and make them into like a pyramid, like a card house. Right. And we could write a Christmas tree, and we'd put all the bags of toys in the water and kind of make sure they were really spread out. And go right, everyone can go and grab one blue thing, like a blue ball or a blue fish or whatever. Go get a blue thing and put it on the Christmas tree. It's bauble, and then go get a red bauble and put it on the Christmas tree. <laughs> and you could literally do that pretty much the whole lesson. And then at the end, you go, like, okay, who wants to go underwater? Because it's a really hit and miss actually. Either you love going underwater or you hate going underwater. There's no kid who was like, I don't mind it. When you go, do you want to throw the hoops underwater? you want to go get the hoops that was always a winner of an end right. of the lesson five minute thing at the end was go and get the hoops from the bottom and yeah you'd either have the really nervous kids who go can I hold your hand you're like well you're not going to stay under there it's fine you're going to come back yeah. up or you just have ones going yep yeah, can I have mine really difficult please and you go yep yeah, great <laughs> so you, especially <laughs> stage three you, I would get them all lined up and i go right okay you where do you want yours do you want an easy one a medium one or a hard one and you throw it wherever they want to get it but yeah the really little ones who don't fully know how to go underwater yet <laughs> they were always my favourite because eventually you'd end up just sort of shoving them <laughs> 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 yeah not not without them knowing like right. they would try a few times to go down and they just can't sink right so you go okay try one more time one two three they'd go up big breath and they wouldn't breathe out so they wouldn't really sink because they got yeah. full of air they would just float so you go three two one <gasps> and then they float like a mushroom on top so you just sort of shove them down a little bit and then they go I got it I got it <laughs> I remember one kid though I think it was a duckling and I, I knew him really well and I think I knew his like his mum sort of like we talked talk each time we'd go oh hi so we, we were okay with each other I was trying to get them to jump in because they were the ducklings they got their floats on most of them are fine jumping in and this one he wouldn't jump without me being there to, to hold him and if I didn't have my hands up pretty much as soon as he jumped off the side I caught him and then brought him down he wouldn't jump and eventually I just like started lowering my hands and lowering my hands and then I put my hands slightly under the water so he went into the water so then I can kind of be like it's fine and bring him back up and I just remember him jumping in his face going under just a little bit coming back up screaming crying and then it was the end of the lesson so he was going back to his mum Sophie nearly drowned me and she's going well no she didn't (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so then after I did that, I went to a deaf school because I'd been learning sign language in evening classes and I wanted to get a job with sign language. So then I went to, uh, yeah, the deaf school and worked in college residential, which again, was re- I really enjoyed. It was hard, but I really enjoyed it. I was like working with deaf kids from 16 plus in the evenings at a residential. So like helping them learn independent skills, taking yeah. them out into town to um, work on money management and that kind of stuff, teaching them how to 
use washing machine and a really varied level of independence and skills and ability and <laughs> just I remember you started that job and it was funny because you moved out to do that job yeah so you were kind of learning then things yourself well I knew at, how to cook and at clean the same and time, wash it's just funny to us that you were teaching these kids what you were sort of learning at the same time to a certain yeah. degree I mean to be fair I didn't really know what the job was <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie it said something like student care officer or something right yeah is that kids is that teenagers I, I didn't know what it was and even reading the description it wasn't really clear and I learned I think it was a couple of years in that I wasn't supposed to be at college I was going to go to school right. because of my age because I was only 20 when I started and yeah. obviously send kids can stay in education until 25 I think yeah. so some of them were older than me so they were going to put me in school but because of my signing ability they put me in college there was a student who I think was 19 so I was 20 and he was 19 and he even said to my boss a few times he was like because she would go oh go and ask Sophie and he would go but she's not gonna know she's really young oh right because um, he was quite capable and stuff so but I didn't know that until after he'd left so mm. it was fine it didn't we had we had a good relationship going mm. anyway so it was fine but no, it was quite funny and it was quite interesting. Like you say, I, I was learning stuff, kind of seeing how they obviously hadn't been taught it. Right. Because I just moved out and I've gone, well, I've known this stuff for a long time. Mm. How have you not known? Yeah. So parents obviously aren't teaching it or there's just something where they can't understand it and can't pick it up as fast or whatever. I remember one time trying to talk to one student about time and she had like a packet rice thing and gave it to me and said, well, how long do I put it in the microwave? I said, well, what does it say? And she looked at it and went, one minute 30. I said, great. So one minute thirty, you've just told me. Yeah. She was like, "But how do I do that?" I said, "Well, you go to the microwave and you put it on one minute thirty. She went, but how's what's one minute thirty? So I'm like, right. She doesn't understand time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that she can't read it. She just doesn't know how to do time. So I spent about forty-five minutes explaining a clock and a minute and half and what that looks like on a clock and how that looks like on a microwave and because it was a dial one as well, it was quite right easy to kind of just go one. Yeah. And thirty is half because mm. there's sixty minutes, but that's fine. We'll just say minute and a half because you signed to me mm. minute and a half so you know it's half and yeah and I was asking her questions to try and do recall to see if she's retaining any of this information and she just clearly wasn't and it would be like okay so how do you do one minute or something and she'd go so I do, do I do three minutes and you go well no it says a minute and a half why would you do three yeah. and I was banging my head against a brick wall after about 45 minutes and I said we got there in the end but then the next day it would, would have been gone and you, you got to do it all over again so when you got to that bit where she did get it did you feel a sense of achievement oh there were so many times you just literally turn around and go yes <laughs> finally something that i've taught someone has sunk in there was uh, one student who i think at the time was 23 or 24 and that's when i first started she was non-verbal and she would sign a couple you would kind of go do you want to do this or this right do you want this yes or no and that was kind of the, her limit to communication and so that she'd been there quite a while so everyone really everyone knew her really well and you had to really slowly build her skills to get anywhere and i i arrived and i sort of noticed that she wasn't tying her shoelaces and I said you know has anyone set that as a target because you would set you would have key students so they were kind of your main ones that you would try and set targets for the yeah. year and try and achieve throughout the year um, and I said to someone has she wasn't my key student but I worked with her a lot so I, I sort of said well if every day we show her how to tie a shoelace hopefully eventually she'll be able to tie a shoelace and I was working with her pretty much every day I would tie one and then go to the other one and go you try and she just couldn't get it so I go oh I'll show you again and I did it again and we did that 
every single morning. Can I ask a question here? Were you teaching her your way or the traditional way? I think I was showing a, a different way. You know when you make two loops? Yeah. And then tie that. I figured right. that's the simplest, simplest way. Simplest way, okay. yeah. So yes, yeah, so I... I Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, I spend every morning, tie one shoelace, you try the other. Tie one shoelace, you try the other. And every kind of half term, we'll have big group meetings. So um, because you work on two opposite shifts, you don't really see each other that often. So her key worker was on the other shift. And I got chatting to her, and I think it just came up, and I was kind of going, oh, she, she can almost tie a shoelace. She looked at me and went, what? I went, oh God, have I, like, have I overstepped? Have I, what have I done? This is probably February-ish time. So from September, I've done this every day. She went, in September, I set that as a target for her to learn to tie her shoelaces. She got so stressed out, I had to stop. <laughs> and I went, oh no, I've just been practicing a little once a, once a day, every morning when she puts her shoes on. And now she can only do it. She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But I think because I also had tried untying it to show her to tie it and then she freaked because that's not, she's not about to get undressed, she's not taking her right. shoes off, yeah. yeah. she's not going swimming, there was no need for, because she's so routined because of yeah. the autism, she was, she couldn't handle, so I tried it once and just didn't. But yeah, every morning just doing her shoelace, I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and then left there last year to move in with you guys to try and save for a house and then couldn't find a job for ages. So yeah, so now I'm working in a secondary school as a CSW, a communication support worker, supporting a deaf child in a mainstream education. But no, I'm really enjoying that, actually. Turns out I like CSW and... Cool. You got the handle on language used in school that you've got all the signs for now. I mean, we've moved on to circuits and electromagnets, so... Oh, right, okay. <laughs> but I'm kind of getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's I mean, lots there, of homework for you as there's well. There's also, um, because of the deaf secondary school, which is kind of attached to us, there's CSWs there. Right. So there are other people that I can talk to who yeah. have done it for longer than I have and right, kind of go, yeah. how would you sign this and how would you kind of get around that? But yeah. Okay, so a couple of questions Go on. that you put to us. Mm -hmm. Did you do work experience? Yeah. What did you do? I did, I did a couple of days at the hospital. Oh, going around different departments because we did like x-ray and stuff at the time i wanted to be a midwife yeah so i mentioned that when we were on our way around and one of the staff who was with us sort of went off for a bit of the day and then later came back and went oh do you want to go to the department and i'm like oh yeah great so they took me down to see someone have a scan who yeah. they'd obviously been like oh there's someone in work experience who wants to do it came yeah. and checked with the family and stuff and yeah i went in to see a sonogram being done cool and then they were like okay you can go back now <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was good. I think they only did two or three days, or three days, and then I did a couple of days at the shop that I did the um, paper round for. Yeah. Because he had two shops, I worked with yeah. a bigger one. That's right, yeah. Um, but that was fun as well, working on the mm. tills and stuff. Okay, and? She has shopkeepers in all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And going forward, yeah. if you could have any job, yeah. what would you have? So at the moment, I'm working towards being an interpreter. Yeah. Because that's what I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. And... CSW is kind of close to that, so it's quite good. I think that's why I like it. Yeah. And at my old job at the deaf school, whenever there was deaf staff, if there was no interpreter, they'd like they'd look at me and go, "Well, can you sign then?" Yeah. Like, cool. Yes, I can. <laughs> and then pretty much every time, I'd be like, "Yeah, I love doing that." Yeah. And I do love signing, so I think that will be a part of whatever I do. That concludes our topic for this week. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Parents Evening Podcast. Or you can email us at parentsevening20 at gmail.com. 
sorry we got sidetracked. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, give away all our secrets. <laughs> ooh ha, ooh ha. Done, done.